Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. You guys, I am so excited for today's episode. Today's episode is a conversation with therapist Hannah Warren. Okay, I'll read her bio in a moment, but let me just tell you, this conversation, I just listened to it again. It is so rich, and I really want to encourage you to grab... This is one of those conversations you're going to want to grab a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and just sit down, and she gives us two amazing questions uh, about a third of the way into the episode, and then I repeat them at the end. But she gives us two questions that we can continually ask ourselves to kind of figure out where we are and then to figure out how to get through those moments that arise throughout every day in all of our lives where, you know, there's hard moments, there's emotional moments, there's frustrating moments. Maybe you're struggling with anger or regret or sadness or despair or anxiety or, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's really an amazing tool that she came up with. She calls it the highway and I really want to encourage her to write a book about it. So, but anyways, it's phenomenal. It's like a a self-diagnosing tool that we can use day in and day out. And you guys, this is what it's about. Like there are so many tools and tactics and tips and tricks. Those are all T's. Can you believe it? There's tools, tactics, tips, and tricks. Oh my gosh. I almost said something else. Anyways, hilarious. Okay. So, but there's so many things that we can do that help empower us to get through whatever you are walking through. I promise you there is a path through it and that Jesus wants to light the path. He wants to walk with you through the path. He's empowered people with a lot of wisdom through experience, through the scriptures, through hands-on working with people and all of that. And so, and that's the hope of this podcast. The conversations that we have, you know, are people that I love, that I respect, that I've seen their ministry in action that I hope that just bless you. And, you know, I've seen Hannah's ministry in action in my own life and in others' lives. Absolutely fantastic. So just a little background. I met Hannah about 18 months ago. I started doing some EMDR sessions, which EMDR is a form of therapy. It's a modality of healing. It's it's not like cognitive therapy where you sit down and you like rehash and talk through things. Um, It's really specific and it really helps with people who have been through any, you know, trauma or PTSD or chronic PTSD. And these things keep coming up and they're almost like lodged in our hearts and our minds and our bodies. And EMDR therapy really, really helps. I won't go into the specifics of EMDR therapy on this episode. We're actually going to have someone else come on uh, in a couple of weeks to talk about EMDR therapy specifically. But I just wanted to give you some background of how I met Hannah and how I saw her ministry in action. Absolutely phenomenal. But in through meeting with her, she shared uh, this thing called the highway with me. And she shared just in a really profound way how to deal with anxiety when it comes up and that sort of thing. And so that's why I wanted to have her on the podcast. Hannah is incredibly empowering. I mean, she's just one of those people that when you're with her and you meet with her, or she she talks to you, you just you feel empowered because she gives you tools and she helps you figure out how to implement them in your lives. And and so anyway, she's really just a force for good on this planet. And so I'm super, super excited to introduce you guys to her. Um, you know, she really helps helps us deal with the overwhelming emotions that come up each day. I mean, that's the reality. Some seasons are much more overwhelming. 
some seasons are not so overwhelming, but she just helps us navigate those moments. So she talks about in this episode, like I talked about uh, the highway, this concept that she came up with. She also talks about our brains a bit and how when we're triggered, we go into fight, flight, or freeze. So she talks about the brain component for a moment as well. It really does affect us. The other thing, she's hilarious. She said, oh, shizzle on the episode. So now you guys, now I'm going to start saying oh shizzle when I want to say a bad word. So that's my, that's my code word. Okay. So when I say oh shizzle, you know what I mean. All right, that's it. Let's dive in. If you want prayer, please email us hello at dannysumner.com. And we would love, love, love to pray for you. Again, it's hello at D-A-N-I-S-U-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, E-R.com if you need prayer. All right, love you guys. Can't wait to dive in with you. And I almost forgot to read her bio that she sent me. So here you go. This is in Hannah's words. Hannah says, I've been a licensed therapist for 11 years. I went to Auburn University in Alabama and received my BA in education with a minor in psychology. I then took a long break. And during my break, I worked with foster youth through Family Care Network in San Luis Obispo, California. This is where I realized that my giftings could align with a job. I went back and received my MA in psychology from Antioch University, and during my master's program, I started working with the Kinship Center, now Seneca Center Family of Agencies. I was trained in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and had years of specialized attachment and trauma training. Really what I learned was to sit in pain, validate wounds, and rewire negative beliefs that keep us all trapped in hurt. I learned how to come alongside the hurting and help them see a way through the pain. I learned how to hold hope for people who had lost hope. Eventually, I transitioned to private practice so that I could have a more flexible schedule for my family. I currently have a small part-time private practice in Atascadero, California, a beautiful family, thoughtful friends, and a sweet little flower stand. I truly hope that this podcast brings hope and healing in a tangible way in your lives. Hannah, it will and it is. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, enjoy. Welcome to a Holy Mess Podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Danny. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you said yes. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You are welcome. So guys, I'll just share a little quick story. I sent Hannah a microphone, but I sent her the wrong microphone for her phone. So this has been a great 10 minutes of learning to be grace-filled. Hannah's been super gracious with me that I sent her the wrong mic. So sorry, Hannah, for the hassle. Not a problem. So, but I can hear you clearly. So hopefully this audio will be good, but you guys, I'm so excited for you to hear Hannah. I'm so excited for you to meet Hannah. Hannah, thank you seriously for saying yes to coming on. I feel like, well, 
I don't know where to start because I feel like there's 2,700 things that I could ask you to talk about that could bring value to my friends who listen. And so, but one of the things, you know, and I know I kind of did it in the intro about how I met Hannah through EMDR therapy, but someday I'd love to have you on to talk about EMDR, but okay, Hannah, you have such a way of describing anxiety and it's kind of the age of anxiety. I hear, I mean, I don't know. I don't personally struggle with anxiety all that often. (laughs) Hannah's laughing her head off. You guys know anxiety and I are good buddies. And so can you just give it all? Just heal. Can you just heal the listeners right now? Can you just heal humanity through your wisdom and your experience and your encouragement? (laughs) Well, I just read something recently when I was looking up information for another talk. And it said that COVID has brought up all this anxiety to the surface. And a lot of us can keep it dormant. We can keep it separate from us a lot of times. And there are so many circumstances. There's a lot more loneliness, a lot more fear, a lot more suffering, a lot more suffering for ourselves and for others during COVID, the bereavement, the financial worries, the loss of a lot of things. I mean, I'm just going to put loss in a big category. I had been using this idea in my practice of the highway for a long time to simplify the overwhelm that people felt coming into the office. The overwhelm with their anxiety, their overwhelm with their depression. And I wanted a simple tool that people could come into my office and leave my office feeling empowered feeling when the anxiety came on, their heart started to race, their palms started to sweat, or they just didn't feel like getting out of bed that they could just simply say, this is the next thing I need to do. do I love it. Well, it's helped me. I mean, as I was thinking about you and I was praying this morning, one of the things that has been so valuable, well, the way you describe how anxiety comes on and how to deal with it and how to look at it, like it's not just a curse or it's not, you know, but you talked about it also being linked to grief. So I would love, I mean, talk about the highway more. Talk about how do you, you know, okay, it's 3 a.m. I woke up with anxiety. How do you deal with that, right? Actually, can I go back to your first statement in what you said around how does anxiety come on and what is it doing in my body? Yes. The best explanation I had for this was Lynn Lyons. She's on the East Coast. She works specifically with children and anxiety and She taught me how anxiety manifests in our bodies. And I don't know if any of you have heard of Dan Siegel and our little brain model, but look it up, Dan Siegel brain model, incredible. And so I'm going to combine those two for just one moment. I'm super simplifying it for the podcast. I can go into more detail in another podcast if we need Dan Siegel basically says we have three parts of our brain. We have our cortex brain where we do all of our thinking, our planning, our regulation. And then in the middle part of our brain, we have an almond shaped part of our brain called the amygdala, where we have all of our emotions, our joy, our happy, our fear. And then we have our brainstem, which is our fight, our flight, and our fear center of our brain. And basically what happens with anxiety is you're talking with friends and you say something that they totally disagree with. The thought comes into your head and you're like, oh, shizzle, 
I just made that word up. Oh, shizzle. I shouldn't have said that. And it just keeps going. And so the conversation may gracefully end, may end hurtfully. You could end a thousand different ways. But what happens with anxiety is it doesn't stop when the conversation stops. You then take the thought into the car and you're like, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said this and I should have said that. And I should have said this and I should have said that. Well, what happens with our cortex is that thought really isn't something that we're afraid of. It's not really something that threatened our life, but because we don't know what to do with it and we don't have resolution and there is a fear involved, a fear of loss of relationship or a broken relationship that you don't know how to repair. So what happens is it gently triggers this fight, flight, free center of our brain. And what happens down here is it's our primitive part of our brain. It's the reptilian part of our brain. So all it knows is Danny's in trouble. We're going to fight for her. Let's go. Let's go. So in order to fight, in order to move forward, we need adrenaline. So adrenaline starts pumping into our system just very gently at first. So our heart starts to race a little bit. Our palms start to sweat. And if we don't engage our cortex at that time and say, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have said what I said, I'm just going to call up that person and say, I'm sorry, or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and resolve it, then more adrenaline comes in because the worry just keeps playing in our head. And then we start to go to worst case scenario, and then who knows where the thought goes, but it never goes anywhere great. It just spins. It just cycles. And so it more adrenaline because no longer are we in the cortex part of our brain. We're down here in the brainstem and we have told our body that life is really a struggle right now and we need to fight something, but we don't have to fight anything. And so adrenaline is coming into our bodies and we have to release it. And this is the part that I thought was really empowering because the adrenaline comes on at 3 a.m. The adrenaline comes when we're sitting at home, relaxing, it comes on when we're just driving in the car. And so what happens is if you're driving the car, pull over, go walk around the block for 10 or 15 minutes. And during that time, engage our head. This is where mindfulness and yoga, we can get into all different types of things, but we have to learn how to shift our thought. Mm. And this is where I'll teach you about the highway. We have to learn how to re-engage and shift our thoughts into right now because anxiety is all future oriented or past oriented on regret. And you're living in this moment and that's all you're living in. And so to move us back to this moment, we have to release our anxiety. So walk, use major muscle groups, push up, sit up, do something just to engage your body. And then we'll talk about shifting the thoughts. I love that. It's interesting because when you were talking, well, first of all, you just said so many great segues. I think in the beginning, you talked about, we have the conversation, the conversation's over, but the anxiety from it is like ongoing. The conversation may have been three seconds, but literally some people hold on to that stuff for 30 years. They're still having anxiety because it's lodged in their body. That's what you taught me through you know, EMDR and just releasing this stuff through the body. I mean, I remember in one of the sessions I had with you, anxiety came up. I can't even remember what happened, but you're like, can you just go stretch? Like just literally get on the floor and stretch. And I was like, what? And literally I remember I was stretching and I just started crying and it was the most fascinating moment because it was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this stuff really is lodged in these muscle groups, you know, and 
you were talking about adrenaline and what about those of us who, I mean, I'm addicted to adrenaline. I think I'm an adrenaline junkie. So when I'm at a place of rest, that's when it comes in of like, oh no, oh no, right? That fear, that anxiety gets triggered even in like really peaceful moments. And that's the most frustrating part of anxiety for me, right? And so it's learning to nurture those places, right? I mean, that's what you've taught me, but that's brilliant how you talked about is this the limbic brain? Is that what you said? Brainstem, brainstem. The brainstem part of it. That's where it's really all rooted. So let me introduce the highway, Danny. And then I'm going to go back to your thought of being addicted to adrenaline. Because okay. I'm going to call that, we're going to put that in the grief category. Imagine we're driving down Highway 101. I don't know where your listeners are, but we have this highway. It's really small. It has two lanes. <laughs> as a right and a left lane going northbound and a right and a left lane going southbound. And in the left lane, I call that present moment. I call that right now. And I tell my clients to say, ask themselves two questions. What is right now? And what are you responsible for? And in the right lane, I label that lane grief and Grief is the number one thing I talk about in my office and we have our five stages of grief and then they added a sixth stage later, but we have anger, denial, bargaining, sadness, acceptance, and accommodation is what do I do now? And you circle just like you're on the highway. You get two choices. You go from the left to the right and we merge left to the right. And the idea is that we in our daily life, learn how to gracefully go from the left to the right lane. Because what happens if we go off to the left of the highway, we usually will hit a median, trees, metal, and we start spinning. If we go off to the right side, there's a few exits. Hopefully you'll get those, but otherwise we're also going to hit the side of the road. We're going to hit dirt. And that's Usually I describe anxiety and depression on the outsides that neither one of them are helpful in moving us forward. I love that. Well, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, the left lane, you know, you veer to the left. I think if you're not handling the present moment, well, you're in resentment or anger, right? So I hit the guardrail. Well, that was just, that enraged my anger, right? It's like, but if I can peacefully live in these lanes and peacefully realize when grief is seeping in, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, I can't remember specifically what it was, but you were like, Danny, that's grief. And I'm like, Hannah, it's not grief. And you're like, okay, Danny, now you're in denial that it's grief. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was grief. And I loved how you said shizzle earlier. You can totally say the S word on this podcast. <laughs> so you guys, from now on, I'm going to say holy shizzle. So thank you, Hannah, for the new term. See, you've taught me so much, even new terms. So Danny, this is really important because I'm going to talk about grief for a little bit. We talked about anxiety, but grief. We as a society are really not taught to grief. We have one category of grief. Somebody died. (laughs) That's the category of grief that we're taught poorly, actually, because even when somebody dies, people say the most unkind things ever and most inappropriate things. That could be a whole nother podcast. Oh, totally. We're in a better place. Oh my gosh. On how to grieve and what to say to people that are grieving. 
And I introduce grief as a everyday life thing. Number one thing people talk about coming into my office is I want to be happy. And I look at them and I said, yes, there are happy moments and there are joyful moments and there are lots of hard moments. And there are a lot of other feelings that we have during the day that need to be validated and take up just as much space. What happens here in our grief stage? I use it as an example, an everyday example to put grief into a category is I do not like to make dinner. And at about four o'clock every day, I start to grieve. I look at the time and I'm like, does my family have to eat tonight? Right? I go into denial. I'm sure they ate two full meals already, breakfast and lunch. They don't need to eat tonight. And then I take a deep breath and I get kind of sad. And then I go into frustration. I go into anger. I'm like, gosh, every day, every day, this family needs to eat. Why? Why? And then I get mad at my husband because he likes something other than cheese and crackers and salami and apples, which I think is a and snap peas, right? That would that's be a my fantastic. Idea. Oh my gosh. That's a fantastic dinner meal dinner every night, right? My kids would eat it. He though, he wants chicken breast and asparagus and he wants this meal. So then I get angry at him, but I'm grieving. I'm grieving that we have to eat to survive. And then I go into bargaining. Okay. Well, what if he cooks tonight instead of I cook tonight? So I'm going to text him and say, I don't feel like cooking tonight, which is every night. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, you're getting the text. I don't want to cook. I'm bargaining now. I'm trying to get out of, eventually I move into acceptance that I have to cook dinner. I'm going to do it. And I do it because I move into the left-hand lane. What is right now? Dinner. My family needs to eat. And what am I responsible for? I'm responsible for cooking my kids dinner. Eventually they're going to cook their own dinners. That is one thing I'm training them to do. But right now. I need to cook dinner and I'm responsible for doing that. And then I can grieve again or, right, what am I responsible for? Let's turn on some fun music while I'm cooking. Let's lighten the mood. Let's bring in one of the kids to help me, right? That's what I'm responsible for. That's I love that. Stay in the lanes. I mean, okay, so I can totally relate (laughs) with the cooking thing, but I think any one of us can. But I was thinking as you were talking, like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm thinking of friends with, older children who they no longer have control of 27 year old kid who's using, right. They're grieving. They're grieving the loss of their kid. They're grieving the loss of, they don't control that, you know, and then they go through beating themselves up. Right. So that's part of grief, right. Regret and bargaining. Like this really isn't happening. It's not really that bad, or there's gotta be something I can do to fix it. You know, that's denial, all of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Danny. And this is the beauty of labeling it as grief. Because my anger, once I labeled it as grief, when I got angry at my husband, I didn't have to say it. It wasn't his anger to hold. And then my husband would be like, why are you mad at me that you have to cook dinner? And then we would get into this conversation that we didn't even need to have. And he'd come home from work frustrated and I'd come home from work frustrated. And the minute I label it grief, it's empowering because I can go or come to a friend And just say, can you just listen to me? I have all this grief. I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to validate it and say, that's really hard. And you got this. 
because you do. I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but once we sit down and give somebody permission to grieve and we hold it with them, by the end of that conversation, something really cool happens. They move into the left lane and they take a deep breath when their body settles and they say, you know what? I'm just going to text my son that has that drug addiction and say, you know what? I love you. And you got this, you're going to pull through, or you're going to whatever the spirit tells you to say, or do you're going to do, and it moves you. And then it empowers you. That's the word empowers, because basically what happens is that a lot of times that anger, that misplaced anger, that's not grief, anger, right? Moves us into a different direction, right? We'll get mad at, or we'll project something onto somebody else. And it just keeps us more stuck and builds more hurt. And so grief in the grief category, there usually is no fix. Ideally, we're super compassionate with ourselves instead of judgmental and critical. And so there's compassion. There's a gentleness to it that allows us to be vulnerable without having to be on guard. And it's active. Mm. It's I love very it. active. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, I have conversations all the time and I've been there and I'm like, no, it's not grief. And I think some of us are scared of grief. Like we're scared of acknowledging yes. because we think we're going to be buried by it forever. Like if I acknowledge yeah. that this is grief, I'm just going to, you know, wear sackcloth and ashes and just sleep in bed all day. Right. Like if I actually acknowledge that I have grief over this issue, Yep. I think it's going to cripple me when the reality yep. is validating it. What I have learned is it actually empowers me. Like you said, I can actually oh, breathe. Okay. I do. This is normal to have anger. Okay. Yep. I can move through it and then I can get back into the lane of, but yep. what can I do right now? What can yep. I control right now? I have a note yep. on my desk that Hannah told me months ago. It says, I can't solve this problem today. And you were like, Danny, that's your mantra for two weeks. And I was like, oh, that's so stupid. Oh my gosh. It worked like gold. Cause there's some things that, especially with grief, we can't fix it. We can't solve that problem today. And so acknowledging and validating, it brings peace to our bodies. It brings peace to our hearts. To our so anyway, so when you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, why is it so hard to acknowledge that I have grief? Like it's so hard at times. I think you nailed it when you said when we haven't been taught to grieve and we haven't been shown the path, it does feel like you will be buried under it. And what happens too is that we have years of grief often that we, once we start to grieve, there's piles and piles and piles. And that's why I said the number one thing I usually do in my office is grieve. I hold the grief, we talk about the grief and label it. At the same time, I try to simplify it in the sense of we're grieving every minute of every day. Every yes you say, Danny, is a no to something else. Hmm. Just saying yes to this said no to something else I could have been doing. And yes, I'm sad, right? I would be in my garden right now pruning my roses because that's really right. So I'm grieving. I'm sad that I'm not doing that. At the same time, I can hold that right now. This is really important. 
Is it hard? Yes. Does it make me happy? Yes. Does it make me sad? Yes. And this is the highway. We hold them together. We hold our options together. And it's not one or the other. It's I get to hold both feelings at the exact same time. Not the exact same time. Like It feels between. like the exact same time though. Cause people will argue, well, no, you can't have two feelings at once. It's like, well, sometimes it's so quick. It feels like it's all at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So man, the way you articulated that with the highway and labeling things and validating things, and then being able to feel both the loss and the present moment of I'm alive. Like I have breath in my lungs. I have opportunity right now in this moment to find peace. Let's go back to that because so with anxiety and as you're moving through that thought, that's spinning. If we go back to about 10 minutes ago, that is exactly why I ask you to say, what is right now? Right now I'm breathing right now. I am okay. Right now I'm sitting in my beautiful backyard right now. I'm fed right now. My needs are met. And if right now, all of those things aren't happening right now, you're probably grieving right now. I'm sad right now. I, I'm just so frustrated at myself for doing and saying that I should have thought about it. Right. So we're going through anger and then bargaining and sadness. And then you move back to, but right now I'm going to take a deep breath. Right now I get to choose to think about this moment. And when you said it earlier and make the right step in that moment, because if you're not present in this moment, you're going to make a decision out of anger or bargaining or resentment and then make a whole nother mess for a whole nother cycle of crap you have to walk through where if you can fight for it, validate it and ask you those you know, a couple simple questions to yourselves. That's amazing. What was that? I want to put that in the show notes. What was the question that you ask yourself? What is right now? And what are you responsible for? So you guys memorize those like you'd memorize scripture. <laughs> what is right now? And what is my responsibility? And it can all go back to scripture. What does God say? What is the truth of his word? What is his truth about me? And Danny, this is therapy work. Because if the thought comes up that I feel worthless and God says you have worth, that is therapy work. That is what we look at in therapy. What made that seed take root? Where in the world did you start to begin to believe that you were worthless? Oh my gosh, totally. And that's what therapy is. It's unpacking those seeds so you can uproot those trees and then allow the truth of scripture and of Yep. The truth of who we yep. are to take yep. root. Yep. And so this is the highway. The highway will reveal things that we have to work on. We are a work in progress till the day we die. And there is nothing wrong with that. And so if you are moving into what is right now and you're like, oh, I feel this way. If you're getting triggered about something, it's usually hitting a wound. A wound mm. that's deep within you, which is a belief. I can't make mistakes. I can't fail. I'm responsible for everybody around me. I have no worth. I have no value. All of these things. If it's my fault. I should be doing more. I should be doing more. I should have done it differently. If I did yeah. it differently, it wouldn't have turned out like this. Yeah. And- Write that down. 
and go to therapy and say, hey, where did this come from? And is it true? Take it to God before you take it to human and say, God, is this true? Mm, God does not shame us. He's going to start with graciousness and kindness and love. He said, I created you. Amen. And then he's going to help move us in a direction of healing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to change and we have to shift, but he doesn't come in. Man comes in with shame. Man comes in with criticism and judgment. When people are in grief, hopefully I don't go and judge them and criticize them. I'm gentle with them. I had a friend sobbing in my arms last night and I was holding her and being with her and being gentle with her and loving her and building her up and validating her pain. And that is what I teach my women to do for themselves in the office Yeah, because we can do that for ourselves. We can validate our own pain. I can give my own self a hug and I can be gentle with my own soul. Oh, totally. I mean, Hannah, you've walked me through so much. I mean, you helped me label so much. I mean, I went to you for that EMDR therapy, which is fantastic. I think anyone with any form of PTSD, complex PTSD, any trauma, any crap that's lodged that you can't get through, do an EMDR session. I will say with a great practitioner, if you're Christian, I'd encourage you to find a Christian one, all that sort of stuff, but we'll dive into it more. But I remember Hannah in one session was like, Danny, go get that little kid. Like go get her. You know, she wasn't talking about an actual little kid living inside of me. She was talking about figuratively and emotionally and spiritually, you know, there's these places, these raw places that are still very young within us. And she was saying, you know, go comfort yourself basically. And I learn something from you every time I talk to you. So I cannot thank you enough for sharing your wisdom. That highway analogy is amazing. And I'm sure Hannah's book about a highway is coming out in 2023. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, Hannah. I'm just kidding. But when she does write a book, I'll let you guys know because you're going to have to read it. So Hannah, thank you. If you have any final thoughts, I'd love them. If we talk about the highway again. Love it. We have our two highways. We have our left lane, which is what is right now? It's the present moment. What is right now? And what are we responsible? And then we have our grief, which is the anger, the denial, the bargaining, the sadness, the acceptance, and the accommodation. And our past might come up in that grief category and that's information. And that's where I love journaling. Some people don't like it, but I write all this information down. And then I get to see it differently. I get to say, what do I want to do with it? And how do I want to move forward with it? And how does it impact my life? And that's the, what is right now? What am I responsible for is do I need to unpack it right now? Or do I have four children that are calling my name that I need to go be with right now? Or do I have a job at a desk or at a hospital that I need to be present for right now. And we can pause these things. And what I want to encourage you to do is just be in constant motion movement. That's the idea of the highway is that sometimes we do, we get stuck in traffic and we'll pause in that traffic and therapy for a while and unpack that. And then we keep moving. We don't get off the highway. 
we always stay on the highway. We might hit traffic. We might slow down a little bit, but it's all about empowering us to move forward and not getting off into ruminating about thoughts or just not ever getting out of bed. These are the extremes of anxiety and depression. So pulling it back in and saying, what do I need to grieve? How do I need to address this? What am I going to do with it? What is right now? What am I responsible for? And just moving back and forth graciously between these lanes. One more thing is when we validate our thoughts and our feelings, it doesn't mean they're true. This is a huge thing is you aren't necessarily agreeing with what the thought is or what the person necessarily is saying. What you're saying is how you feel in your body is how you feel in your body. And that's the grief piece is that I can feel like I don't condone violence, but I can feel like I want to punch this person's guts and But that does not mean what is right now and what am I responsible for? That doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and punch that person. So when you validate and you're compassionate and you're kind, I want you to know that it's okay, right? That's the number two thing I do in therapy, right? I tell the people they get to say whatever they want to say and feel however they want to feel. And I will sit with them in it. And they're like, I feel so bad saying this. And I was like, well, we get to say it. We get to hold it in here. And we need those people. We need oh, those yeah. places that we get to be transparent and vulnerable and know that it's just, ugh. and then once it's gone, it usually is gone. Totally. It doesn't hold the same power. Once it's it, validated, then you can decide if it's true or not. And right? we get to decide what to do with it because most of the time I'm a hopeless romantic belief in humanity that we are going to do better and we want to do better. And that's what I really believe. I do not believe people wake up in the morning with intentions to hurt others or to harm others. And there may be a segment of people that do, but most of us wake up wanting to do better, wanting to bring life to people. And that's what is right now. And what are we responsible for? So if I can leave with this, ladies and gentlemen, that validation doesn't mean you're going to act or do whatever that thought is. Validation just means that what's going on right now is what's going on right now. And I'm going to empty it out and release it and then move into the, what is right now? What am I responsible for category? Because even though I really do not wish that we had to eat to stay alive, we do. And that's what I do every day. And that's totally oversimplifying a lot of your complex, heart-filled issues that are going on. It's so helpful though, to have just even a simple, how you ran us through that with the food thing. Cause it's so, we can all relate and it makes sense. I mean, I laugh about it too. Cause I'm like, but it totally makes sense. Well, that's amazing. Hannah, thank you. We'll say, see you later. Cause oh. I know the listeners are going to love you. So I'd love to have you back on. Okay. <laughs> Hannah's like, I'll think about it. I got to work in my garden, Danny. It's my day off. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, that wraps up our conversation with Hannah Warren. Isn't she incredible? You guys, I 
this woman, she's just so amazing in the way she articulates stuff. And so I hope you guys were blessed. I know talking about or even mentioning grief sometimes can trigger bigger griefs in us. Like when we think about like loss of a loved one or death or that sort of thing. But I really loved how she simplifies that we grieve every day. And that's part of the wheel of emotions that we feel. And so I just, if anything, I just want you guys to know whatever you're walking through, Whatever you're feeling, it's okay just to validate it. You're not doing anything wrong because you have anger or because you have sadness or because you're frustrated or even if you have anxiety or you feel depressed or whatever, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. It's validate it and then figure out where do I go from here? How do I live the best life? How do I function? How do I shift my thoughts to to do the next right thing and all that sort of thing? So I do want to remind you, she talked about that highway like she talked about in those two questions that I'd encourage you to write down. Maybe take the next week to pray through. Ask God, Lord, how can this help me in my day to day? But the two questions, the two <laughs> questions that she mentioned are what is right now? So when something comes up, you ask yourself, what is right now? And then the second question is, what am I responsible for? And that helps you move forward and not get stuck in those feelings, those emotions, those moments. So anyways, I love you guys. I hope this episode was as helpful for you as it was for me, Hannah. So amazing. I can't wait to have her back on. All right, let me say a little prayer for you guys. Man, Lord, I just want to thank you for Hannah. God, I thank you for her experience, her wisdom, and just her heart to pour out and to give back to humanity what you have just so graciously given to her. And so, Lord, I just pray for blessing over her family. And Lord, I thank you for my friends who are listening. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. I pray, Lord, that um, that you would be with them as they process this stuff from the episode, Lord. I pray that you'd make us all aware of the present moment and how you are with us moment by moment to get us through whatever we are feeling. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that no emotion, no thought, no, not even a regret could bury my friend's heart and mine, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to unpack these things, Lord, so they can walk in all the freedom and all the joy and all the peace and all the hope and all the purpose for the future, Lord. And God, I thank you that when we're feeling even these negative emotions, it's not, doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. Like it's just part of life. So Lord, help us to embrace these different things, Lord, and look at them as opportunities to learn and to grow and to reveal things about us and to reveal things about you within us and, and all of that, Lord. Just I just thank you. So Lord, bless my friend. Give him a great week, Lord, and just thank you so much for Hannah. We love you, Lord, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.